Hello, and welcome to the new season of The Harley Parlay. On this episode, Oliver sits down with Miss Anderson to talk about her new role at Harley. But first, here's Marco with Bullets. Thank you, Charlie. For upcoming Bullets, on Thursday, October 27th, it is the 5th through 12th grade choir concert at 7 p.m. On October 28th, there is no school for nursery through 4th grade for a conference day. On October 31st, it's Halloween, and the following day, Tuesday, November 1st, there's no school for nursery through 12th for a conference day. Thank you, Marco. Today, I am joined by Miss Anderson to talk about her new role here at Harley as Director of Academic Technology. First off, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, you are very welcome. Thank you for having me. So I do know that you recently kind of mixed up your uh, job roles here at Harley, and I have a lot of questions regarding your new role. But to start, I have a few personal questions that I, you know, want to go over because I know you've been here for a while. Um, so how long have you been at Harley? And uh, just tell us a little bit about how you got here and what came to be. Um, this is my sixth year. So I, at the beginning of the year, celebrated my fifth year. Um, at Harley, we celebrate one, five, ten, and so on. So I got to celebrate my fifth, um, which means I'm currently in my sixth year. I ended up here in... Um, a wonderful turn of events. Uh, the glass instructor, who you will meet next year um, in upper school, is a friend of mine, and we went to grad school together. And she said, um, they have a really cool position at Harley that I think would be perfect for you. Can I send you the job posting? Really? Yes. And uh, it is all down to her that I am here. And Seth O'Brien's tenacity that he would not give up because I couldn't find the job posting on the website and wasn't sure that I could trust you guys because you didn't have your job posting on the website and it was only on Indeed and I couldn't find it anywhere else. Um, and Seth O'Brien sent it to me as the document and uh, made sure that I was able to apply even though I couldn't submit it through through the Hartley website and didn't want to go into Indeed because I wasn't actively looking at the time. Sure. And that's that's how it happened. I came in for an interview and rest is Harley history, I suppose. I, I guess that's <laughs> that's one way you can say it. So now that we know uh, how you how you first got here, um, how did your job come to change? Um, my job has changed pretty much every year I have been here. Um, I have gone from solely teaching upper school and a middle school discovery block to teaching upper school and plugging into science classes in middle school um, to teaching one upper school class, a bunch of independent studies, a middle school class, and a whole bunch of lower school classes to what it is now, where I teach a commons class in lower school, which is sort of I teach it with a group of other people out in the commons. So it's all of our commons mm -hmm. educators um, who teach one class. And then um, I have pretty much independent studies in upper school and I have a discovery block in middle school. And then I am available not only for academic tech needs, but I'm also available for plugging into different classes for activities in the same way that I was at the beginning. So Okay, so it seems like you sw switch up a lot. Yes, definitely. I do. Uh, it's uh, I've never had the same course title in really? upper school, except for the last two years when I said, no, I'm going to keep the same two <laughs> course titles. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now on to the techie questions, okay. because I'm going to ask a bunch of them. I actually researched them before I came in here. Oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> OK, so <laughs> to start, um, I know Harley, um, we, we have Chromebooks nowadays, mm -hmm. um, but we've had Windows computers for a while. So I want to ask, why do students not have, you know, individual accounts for the Windows computers? Because um, 
there, you know, there's an other user and anybody in the school that has an account, they can go in, they can type uh, their first initial and their last name and their computer password, they can get in. So why is that not available for students? Is there like a particular reason or is it just... Do you mean done? like the library computers? Library computers, desktop Windows computers. So you should be able to log into the library computers. Yeah, well, they're... That was never set up by me, so I don't fully know the answer and neither does Nick. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> they were always meant to be lab computers, so they didn't want the reason why you all have your own personal Chromebooks is because sometimes you don't log out and we didn't want other people jeopardizing and putting information in the hands of the wrong people. So if we just keep it lab, everyone gets logged out at the end of the session. We kind of eliminate that, but it's it's not really a big issue as much because we don't use the desktops super yeah, as, as much as we as, <laughs> uh, as much as we used to, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I was like kind of intrigued by that question, and I was like, they don't have access to that, and so I asked yeah. Nick, and he was like, yeah, Joe never set it up that way. <laughs> so that was that's actually the answer to a couple of your questions. Well, there, there we go. So I, I might uh, I might skip skip a few of these. That's fine. Um, but there is one about Windows computers mm -hmm. um, that you might be able to answer. Um, so we as a group we understand that Adobe software is a little too. Um, it needs lot, lots of power in order to run. Mm -hmm. And we understand that they can't really be run on Chromebooks unless they're run on a browser. But is there a particular reason that they are not on library computers? So the reason they are not on the library computers, but they are on like the lab computers in the digital media lab, and they're actually also out in the commons, is mainly a space issue. So aside from the oh. fact that they take a lot of space to run, if we had a lot of students using it, there's less of a management of what files get saved there. And then we end up having a computer that keeps yelling at us that it's running out of space uh -huh. because five kids save the same, you know, Photoshop file or something sure. that they want to, you know, add a funny mustache to. Let's hope mm -hmm. it's just that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's mainly a space issue and it's also sort of a control issue if we have if we have them available, you're always welcome to talk with Michael Frank about when you can use that space or come out to the makerspace and use them out there. Um, we know who those students are who are sure. using it and can then be like, can I delete this? It's, it was three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's at that point where yeah. it's, it's kind of getting yeah. old. All right. So um, we also understand that um, security is a big thing here at the Harley School, especially with, you know, using computers nowadays and making sure we're all secure on the web. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of getting into these Chromebooks, is there a reason why um, there is no PIN login available? Because, of course, we have a, a password, but, for example, mine had to be reset to some 23-digit something back when I thought my account was hacked. Turned out to just be me. But is there a particular reason that the PIN login is not available? So uh, sitting in this room, I'm looking around, and you would all be fine with a PIN login. But if we turn it on for you, we turn it on for everyone. It's not just your Chromebook. Oh. And it's not great for the second graders when we turn that on for their Chromebook because that's now a password or a pin that they have to remember. And trust me, they never remember their passwords except for like the one kid. But yep. even in eighth grade or seventh grade, you have those kids who can't remember their password and having one more thing to try and remember the reason why like your Schoology password is the same as your Google password is to eliminate the need for extra things to remember. And so 
when we were setting them up and when we set up the fifth grade ones, that was also another conversation to have of how are we going to get kids into these? And it's if they always remember the one password, then they don't forget it. So don't add anything else, just the one password. (laughs) That sounds like a really good system. So I know that we will be transitioning away from Schoology probably at the end of this year Mm -hmm. um, to Blackbout or My School App, whatever it's called. Um, But I know that with Schoology and uh, the Google Suite that you can access that stuff on a mobile device or really wherever. Will that be the same with Blackbout? Will we be able to use our phones or tablets for for that? Yes. So I love and hate this question. Um, And... Art knows why. Um, So this is a question that's brought up a lot in faculty meetings, and it's brought up because they, uh, teachers, believe that students won't check things if they don't have access to an app. And with BlackBot, you have the ability to make a web page app on your phone, on your tablet, that is everything that lives on the web-based BlackBot that you get on your Chromebook or your desktop or any other laptop. That wasn't true with Schoology. So if you ever used Schoology, you were limited in what you were able to do. Yeah. Google, you pretty much have everything. It's just sort of laid out a little bit yeah, differently. Just device limits. Yeah, that's that's kind of what BlackBot is. Everything's kind of laid out a little bit differently, but you can do everything. Um, it's all there. I mean, I'm able to go in and change, you know, in my core persona, I'm able to change like users' passwords and logins and employment roles and things like that. Um, so I can do everything. It's just laid out a little bit differently. It's also really hard to find stuff because sometimes I have to like click double menus, but um, it's all there. Um, so it's not it's not really an issue. It keeps coming up as a potential issue, mm-hmm. but it is it is definitely something that we are able to use on any device. And Blackbody even has the ability to turn off different features on mobile, so they do sense when you are on mobile, and that's why you see a different screen. But okay, that's actually very. Very interesting. So I have one question on Blackbot. On Blackbot, um, is there um, who makes the account set up in a way that it is kind of transparent to other different accounts, or what is the way that is set up? So, for example, if I were to go on Blackbot right now and look at some other student, I really only see a name, a grade, and an email. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there like a certain way to like regulate that to different? people or different account holders so i would probably ask are you talking about are you trying to you know find somebody else's information or are you trying to make it so that somebody else can't see your information both but preferably um if um i'm trying to find somebody else's information say you know i got to contact them for some reason or whatever the case might be so in blackbond as a student you were able to see name grade level usually advisor i think as well and then um email Depending on what the other person that you were searching for has allowed you to see, you could see everything from, um, you know, maybe a phone number at home, their address, uh, maybe even what district they're in. You can see a whole bunch of different elements of their contact card, Um, you know, if they have ethnicity or religion or preferred gender pronouns, all of those things are available for us in the profile setting, and it's whether or not someone has decided to share them. So you have security settings on your own profile card where you can say, I don't want to have my address searchable. I don't want to have my phone number listed in the directory. 
but all of that information still lives on blackbot and in the sort of like depths of it mm-hmm. we can still have that information so we have it for our files and all of our sort of emergency purposes but people looking for other people can't find it if you don't want that okay so that's actually very good to know that we can actually you know make a personal choice mm-hmm. to you know limit information but you know still give the basics yep so I want to ask a few questions about the internet now because okay. I feel like we always talk about the internet. Um, and as I said about security earlier, it's very important. So how is Harley's network traffic encrypted um, or what way and what precautions has the school taken to make sure that our data is encrypted here at school? So we actually have a few different products that we use um, to make sure that anything that lives personal information that lives in the cloud stays here. Um, BlackBot has its own system. It has both HIPAA compliance and FERPA compliance. So those are the two sort of different uh, things for personal information, whether it's medical or it's just private information. Um, We also have our Google suite has its own security measures within that. So we get detections of different threats and different logins. We actually had a few over the weekend where it was uh, some some other login and then those those accounts immediately sort of get deactivated for a mm-hmm. moment and then we can reactivate them on Monday. Um, but then we also have sort of like within Harley, we also have um, our own uh, web monitoring and site monitoring system so that we can keep our students safe in the way that they explore the internet. Um, But encrypting, definitely a Nick Miller question. Okay. Um, (laughs) That wasn't on the list. I didn't research that one. (laughs) It's all right. So you might might not be able to answer this one either. But if you were to take a absolute guess, how many devices would you think would be on the network a day? Um, So I did ask this one. And... uh, Nick's estimate is 1,500. 1,500. Yes. And so we walked through this. Um, So if we have, we have upper school students of about, um, uh, let's just make it a nice number of 150. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're a little below that, but 150 is nice. So if we have 150 students in upper school, most of them bring a device. That's uh, probably a Chromebook. Let's say, yep. A phone, and then a watch, and then if anyone brings any game devices, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a player, anything Nintendo like that. Nintendo Switch. So we're up to, you know, let's say every upper school student, 150 times three. Um, and then we've got our middle school students. Now, most of our middle school students have at least one extra device other than their their Chromebook, and then all of the desktops that we have, all of the TV monitors that we have, <laughs> all of the other, um, like all of the other little bits. Uh, you know, Nick was even wondering if we should count our printers and our copiers. And, yeah, because those those add yep. up pretty quickly. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, fifteen hundred is his best guess estimate, and I. Uh, you know, I walked down that path with him, and yeah, I I don't think he's far off. I think it's between a thousand and fifteen hundred. Yeah, well, well, now that you define it, it definitely sounds like it's a yeah. it's a pretty high number. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have a question because I know when um I've been here since kindergarten, um 
when we were in the younger before fourth grade, we were taught on Microsoft applications. So Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and it was pretty easy transitioning over to, you know, Google products. But um, I know that Microsoft also has their own education product like G Suite. Mm-hmm. So is um, so why has Harley chosen the Google Education Suite over Microsoft 365? It was a decision that happened before me, but most likely the factors were cost and then um, the amount of space. So probably at the time that we made the decision to move from Google, uh, from Microsoft to Google, um, if we ever expanded we would at that time i don't think that microsoft had as good of a cloud feature as google did and so cloud space is different than hard drive space yes and so when you think about that you know we at like my own computer keeps yelling at me because i'm running out of space after you know only five years and if if we think about moving and expanding our what we do with technology. We were going to run out of space, just whether it's on a desktop, whether we did, you know, it put more limitations on what we could do device-wise for students. Um, and then not even before the pandemic, we, we started having the conversation of how can we get devices more easily into the hands of students. How can we do that sort of cost efficiently and sort of also where you don't go crazy? Um, And making sure, you know, if we only had laptop carts, making sure that students always got back the right laptop. Yeah. That would be frustrating. And so um, we decided with Chromebooks and then we just doubled down during the pandemic. And um, since about... 2020, the move from, well, I'd say 2019, it happened a little before the pandemic. Um, The move from having everything saved onto your hard drive, onto a desktop space, to making sure everything is backed up on the drive. And now everything just lives on the drive and please don't download anything. um, Because then you lose accessibility to other people, you lose the ability to share. Um, That has sort of quickened our pace. Um, we were a little slow in the adoption of that, and we've we're getting there. <laughs> some of your teachers, some of the teachers at Harley, are not the fastest at making that shift, and that's sort of a sure. Because I definitely see you know teachers who uh, you know still still save on their desktop and yeah. use Word. I mean, I don't blame them. They many people will like to s- stick with what they have, but of course, at some point, we do have to make transitions. Yes, yeah, and yeah. All right, so now I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you will probably be doing, um, and this might help some people that are listening, um, students or family. Um, what is it like having to manage all of the Chromebooks in the school? It's not an easy job, I'm sure. It's not. Middle schoolers are dirty, dirty people. The amount of crumbs that came out of just simply shaking a Chromebook, um, shocking, shocking. Um, I stopped looking after I started spraying them with a little condensed air. Um, it's a bit of a headache. Um, as before this year, I actually, even though I managed the devices, it was never part of my job. Um, so the deployment, the organization, the, um, sort of setup of newer devices 
always fell in sort of like, well, I've got 20 minutes. Let me see what I can do here. And so this year, um, sort of the setup of the new 75 Chromebooks for five and six, um, I was actually able to have that time in my schedule to do. So I'm not trying to do it um, on the weekend, which is what I did the year before with some devices. Um, But it's, it's a lot, especially when some of them are coming back at different times. So one of the things that you probably remember is that, you know, you, you get charged if you lose bits of your Chromebook. And so making sure that all the bits get back and then into the right Chromebook, that was a big issue sort of in spring. And then making sure we have all the chargers that seem to have legs of their own and walk away. Every year I have to order 25 more. I don't know where they go. I don't know what eats them, but 25 of them always disappear. Um, So and I know, is it true that styluses are on back order? They are. They did arrive, though. Um, oh, they are. I put the boxes in Mr. Miller's, uh, Nick Miller's office, and we are trying to figure out ways to label them. So if they get lost, we know whose <laughs> they are. It's tricky. They're tiny, but yeah. we have them. <laughs> well, that's good. So while we're on, while we're on that, you know, stylus bandwagon, for mm-hmm. students, what should you do if you lose a Chromebook piece like a charger or a mouse? So charger or a mouse, um, this year we changed it and all chargers are labeled. Obviously, the first thing to do is alert your advisor. Hopefully, it happens to be in somebody's room. You just left it behind. Um, if you do lose your charger and it is nowhere on the middle school floor, it has not appeared in my mailbox because they typically do if they get lost and found somewhere else in the school or not return to you, let me know. There is a um, the sort of tech help thing. We wanna make sure that you have a charger. That's first and foremost, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. They do usually turn up at the end of the year. Um, they've been tucked in a corner. Somebody had an extra one at the bottom of their locker. And so we won't do anything other than give you a replacement charger for most of the year. And then at the end of the year, if it absolutely has not come back a week after you turn in your Chromebook because things appear at strange points in the year. Um, that is when, through BlackBot, you will see a $25 charge. Um, same goes for a stylist, and that's why we haven't given them out yet because we don't we don't just want people swapping styluses. And yes. then, and then uh, one person says, no, 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 that was mine. And we actually don't know who lost the stylus because you still, they are horribly $25 a, a stylus. Um, and it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, thankfully now the uh, five, six do not have a stylus, but still have a touchscreen Chromebook and we can use like non branded styluses with them, which I'm much more a fan of because yes. I can get a lot for like, Um, but yeah, the, uh, you, you inform us that you have lost something and at the end of the year is when you will finally get this sort of notification. Hey, you lost it. We haven't found it. It's been a week since you turned in your Chromebook, which is the last, the last day of finals. So a week after school has ended. And that's when, that's when we send out communications. Okay. Awesome. Good to know. And lastly, before Mm -hmm. we wrap up, I know you do a lot of things with hardware. Um, what about the IT issues help page? Um, what is it like working with so many so many teachers and students with 
all different IT issues, and you got to solve them all pretty quickly. Um, this year has been a little different. Um, in years past, we haven't we have had a sort of ticketing system, um, but we haven't always had the best communication of how to put things in, and so that's that's where we are this year. It's just a continual please put in a ticket so that we can service this. Please make sure that if you have a problem or you have a question, you are putting in a ticket because we still get the emails at you know 4 p.m. that something doesn't work, who can come and fix it right now? Um, mm-hmm. Or the, well, I told somebody, isn't that enough? I just told somebody about it. It's not that it, anymore. It is not that anymore. And it's mainly because we are a big enough school with enough devices that just letting somebody know, hey, this doesn't work, isn't enough because one person can't take on all of the problems. Um, And so we have a group of people who all have access to our ticketing system who are all able to respond to something or check in on something. And um, as a teacher, it feels great when more than one person knows what the issue is and can, you know, just check in, see how I'm doing, making sure that, hey, I heard that, you know, Nick or, or Seth or Gene stopped by How's it going? Is it still working okay for you? And that makes people feel really great about about the tech issues that they have and the the things that they want to be able to do. So sure, great. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Um, this has helped us a lot. I'm I'm. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Oliver, and thank you, Miss Anderson, for coming in today. That will be the end of this episode of the Harley Parlay. Thank you for listening. <laughs>